Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, my go-to shop for anything and everything Breckenridge Brewery. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley himself, the man inside the Pepsi Center today for day three of Avs training camp, giving the big wave to everybody. And we'll get to the main topic of the show in a little bit, so... We'll get to the Olympic stuff. Just just hold tight for a minute here for us. We'll get there. First, we have training camp to talk about. As as you know, it was it felt a little bit more like avalanche practice in a way because Nathan McKinnon kicked it up a notch, didn't he? It was a little prickly on the ice today. Uh, Nathan McKinnon went into that championship mode and, you know, Got in people's faces. Um, he literally raised the volume of every conversation that he had. And none more so than the ones, the spirited chats he had with Nikita Zadorov um, while they were warming up and skating around and just hanging out. And then especially after they did a drill in which uh, McKinnon put a hard spin move on him. Uh, beat him pretty badly and created a scoring chance that did not go in, which was the crux of Zadorov's point, in which he was like, You didn't score. Why are you talking? <laughs> and Mac was like, I didn't score, but it wasn't because of you. And it was friendly banter all around. Yep. It certainly. Nothing but praise from all of uh, McKinnon's teammates as as of late, as we already talked about his his Ted Lindsay nomination and all of that. But uh, yeah. you know, multiple guys in the interviews today talking about you know what he leads by example and expects greatness out of not only himself but everyone around him. So he wants to win, that's for sure. Yeah, and really, that's all this is about is he just wants to get going. Um, they have to find the intensity. Uh, they have to find that playoff mentality. They have to, they have to ramp up their competitiveness very quickly. And uh, you know, during the during real training camp way back last September, McKinnon did it on day two. Uh, he got lazy this time around and waited until day three to start screaming at folks. <laughs> so, One extra day. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was interesting because it. Way back last September, he was screaming at line mates and guys who weren't doing things right. Today, he was screaming at guys he was going up against uh, because he just wanted a piece of absolutely everybody. <laughs> it's been too long for him, maybe. Yeah, even when even when he wasn't in a drill uh, and he and Kale McCarr were, were talking, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It was like, it was he was just a battering ram in the conversation. He was... He was just all over the place. He was he was so loud about it that it was, and like some of that is because obviously we're sitting in an empty arena and sound carries, but it was also because he was just straight up yelling at folks. Okay, so it was extremely entertaining to watch. Like it was, it was it was a good time. I felt kind of annoyed because every time I would I was like, oh, we got to 
here comes McKinnon's line and I would get a video out. He would, he would be cool. And then I would stop recording and then he would just continue on. He would skate by the bench and, and like challenge all of them, you know, and, and talk all kinds of junk to him. And I was like, I just need to ISO cam this guy. Right. He was, he was just all over the place today, man. Like he, he was, and, and it rubbed off. Like people got sick of it. And, they all of a sudden teammates were tired of hearing from him. So they wanted to hit whichever teammate got near them. <laughs> and so that's what happened. Um, there, there, there were some physical moments today where Bedner even had to yell at him and, and say, cool it. <laughs> like, I want you guys being physical and I want you being competitive. And I want that to be your instinct. We have two weeks of you guys continuing to play each other. Please be careful. <laughs> and if one of you hurts one of our stars, you are, cut, you are cut so hard. <laughs> so, AJ, is it safe to say that Nathan McKinnon is your Strava Craft Coffee game changer of day three here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He was he was the day changer for everybody. No no just single game. He dictated everybody's day. For us, it was thrilling. It was it was something to watch, right? Because yeah. training camp can get a little blah. <laughs> it you know when you get a couple like uh, the first day is always super exciting because you're just like yeah. oh my god hockey, and then after that you're you're looking like you're searching yeah. for something. Yeah, a few and days in and didn't have to search just today. Kind of going through the motions of drills sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nathan McKinnon. Uh, Having none he of set, that. He set the tone, man. He he set the tone. And there was no or no bones about it. He went hard. Well, maybe Bednar should give the boys a little bit of Strava Craft coffee to cool their jets, as the CBD oh, infused man. coffee can really change lives, help with aches and pains, migraines, anything along those lines. And of course, the CBD is not psychoactive. You can get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout today, and even try before you buy in numerous locations in and around Denver. Continuing on with training camp here today, I I think the the name of the game today, at least in the interviews, was, look, this team is unbelievably deep. Everyone was chiming in saying, hey, we have four forward lines that we can roll out against any team in the league and probably come out better against. Yeah, we've talked about it a little bit um, on the show recently uh, that their fourth line, very good. But when you look at that third line, I mean, Nemesnikov, Comfer, uh, and Donskoy, I mean, you're, you're talking about a, a grip of 30-point guys. Each one of those guys, 15-goal guy easily that could just roll out and, and snipe, put one on you. Yep. And, and that's, a, that's such a dangerous – that's such a dangerous line because the way that they've set this lineup up is that they've got the, the stars up top and then Burakovsky with Rantanen and Miko right now. And they've, they, they, we talked about it yesterday with Nachushkin running next to Landis Cog and Kadri. That's set up to be a shutdown defensive stopper line that can obviously also punch you in the mouth on offense. And let me, let me take this time to just add Val Nachushkin has looked awesome. He has he has been on fire. The skating is there. He is driving the net. He put a spin move on somebody today that I I didn't I didn't catch the number of the embarrassed uh, party, but 
put a spin move on him, went right at the net, and he's just looked so good. He he has looked like he's got the kind of confidence and the kind of swagger that he didn't he didn't have at any point, even last year. Uh, even when he started scoring, he still wasn't playing with this, the kind of confidence that he's shown in camp so far. He's looked so good to me. And if he could find if he could find another extra step in that offensive game and and get a little finishing touch and suddenly he turns into a 45 point guy, they are in the money with that guy. Yeah. He is I mean, what a gigantic difference that would make. He's he has looked so good, man. And if he's able to keep that up next to Kadri. We may not be talking Taylor Hall in the summer, or I guess in the fall. We probably won't anyway. But you know. uh, I, given the flat cap, I don't think we will be anyway. I mean, but, he's got to uh, go. He's got to go somewhere. He does, but it does not feel like the Abs are in the same position they were this year to to acquire someone like that. But that's not the point. We're talking about the Abs' depth here, and and. and <laughs> a depth that is already incredibly strong. We're talking about multiple 30 and in some cases even pushing 40 point players with someone like a Jonas Donskoy on their third line. Mm-hmm. If you had a Val Nichushkin in that same range, I mean, how do you even try and stop this team? You hold on tight. <laughs> Hope you, for the best. You, you honestly, you load up and you do everything that you can to shut down Nathan McKinnon. And you say, hey, I know that there's a handful of other guys that can beat us, but make them do it. True enough. Make them, you know, make them one out of every four games, this line can beat you or that guy can beat you or that guy goes off or whatever. Make it make it be that game. That's the only way. I mean, it's the same thing that people have been trying to figure this out with Tampa Bay for years. You just You just shut down that top unit and you hope for the best. I, how can you not love that for the Avs? The way they're set up offensively, I, yeah. most nights you're not going to stop know. McKinnon, and it, I. There are probably some second lines in the league that I think can keep up with the Avs. Oh yeah, they're definitely like Landeskog, Kadri, and Chushkin line is. It's rock solid. It's very reliable. It's. It's the goods. I and mean, you're talking about uh the two twenty two two guys who score twenty goals every year in Kadri and and Landeskog. And then, you know, Val Nachushkin, who's shown himself to be an elite defensive winger. Great. But it's not you know, you're not looking at it like, oh my gosh, this is so killer. It's good. It does work. It's scary. It's competitive. It's formidable. It's got it's got a specific job. Yep. Cool. When, that I think that's what is really starting to hit me as we've hit day three of, of camp now is the Avs flexibility, not just in the middle six, but their entire lineup. Yeah, you want to put Burkowski on the first line? Great. You want to put Landeskog on the second line, Nachushkin on the second line, Donskoy on the second line. The only real positions that they have one hundred percent locked in, top to bottom, are McKinnon one C, Kadri two C. Everything yep. else you can mix and match. 
Yeah, you really can. You you can, and uh, ice time, all of that. Uh, we've talked Nemestikov can play all forward roles. Yep. He can do whatever the hell he wants, man. JT Confer can play all forward roles. Donskoy can play both wings. Burkowski can play both wings. Yeah. I mean, it's this is this is a lineup that they've gone out and they've gotten guys that can that can do enough different things that combined they can do everything. You know, it's it's a matter of okay, like that versatility is great, but now they also their their challenge is maximizing it. And it's like you you love that you love that you have a lineup full of guys that can do a lot of different stuff. But at some point, you've got to hone in on what you do, what certain guys do well, and you've got a hammer at home. Yep. And that's that's where Colorado's challenge is, is trying Commit to, to find... an identity at a certain point. Yeah. Find find the right fits and, and find the guys who, uh, who work the best together and go from there. Well, they're off to a good start as manscaping your roster is step one to manscaping other teams out on the ice. So if you're trying to manscape your roster below the belt, then we have got a fantastic deal for you. You can head on over to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping. When you use code DNVR20 at checkout, they have you covered all over the place. Of course, their lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, but everything under the sun for taking care of Whatever you need, whether it be uh, trimming your chest hair, trimming your beard hair, just trying to freshen up your breath with some breath mints, taking care of all that hair on the ground. Don't do that. Go get their shave mat, please, because it makes life way easier. Trust me. It's honestly a fantastic product, top to bottom. Everything from them will get you fresh and ready to be looking good, either in the bedroom or out on a night out on the town. You can't miss with Manscaped. Give them a go today. Again, DNVR20 to get that discount at checkout. And, of course, we have our favorite, as DNVR Bets just got off the show, DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook app out there, as AJ's, like, having a breakdown over here. I see him muting himself and just giggling like a little schoolgirl over there. But you know what? I'll be giggling like a little schoolgirl when I make a ton of money off of the abs, winning number one seed in the Western Conference. So DraftKings Sportsbook is the place to go to get all of your betting on here in Colorado. They're an awesome thing where you can bet on, look, hockey coming back. Yes, that is my forte. But if you want to bet on KBO, if you want to bet on table tennis, NASCAR, you name it, you can bet on it anywhere and everywhere in DraftKings Sportsbook land with amazing odd boosts every single week. Some of them are like so good you have to take them. It's basically free money for you. So get on it, DraftKingsSportsbook.com. You can go ahead or DraftKings.com slash sportsbook, excuse me. And use the code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time. All new users get a $1,000 sign-up bonus when you use that code. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. AJ, have you recovered? All right, can you can you speak again? I'm good, yeah. Okay. I, I don't even want to know what he was giggling about over there, but you really don't. Just trust. 
Okay, I'll I'll leave it at that. Something Avs fans may be giggling about come next Winter Olympics is there's a good chance that Avs will have a player on the majority of the teams, if not nearly all of them, at the next Olympics. Uh, so it was a promised episode. We're here to do it as... First of all, the CBA has confirmed there will be an Olympic break for NHL players in both 2022 and 2026. So you can expect the top players in the world to be coming together again. Right off the bat, there's not going to be any conversation about whether McKinnon, Landeskog, and Rantanen are going. Those three will be on their teams, no doubt. Yeah. I Honestly, I would add McCarr. I would as well, and I fully expect it to happen, but maybe not quite on the same 1,000% lock level that those first three are. Yeah, that one feels, I guess you could say it's probably more like 90%. Yeah. There's still some projection, but like that dude is going to be on that blue line. He's one of the very, very few current NHLers that was invited to go to the last major Canadian international yeah, event. True. So given that, you know, the NHL didn't go, but he said no yeah. at that time, of course. Yeah. Well, he had, uh, he had to go play for UMass in the year in which they weren't good. That's true. <laughs> he was their only hope. <laughs> he had things um, to do. Yo. And that was after winning WJCs with Canada already as well. Uh, But either way. Like right after, which certainly played a role. Yeah, exactly. Like had more travel would have been a lot more time away from Mm -hmm. everything for him. But three more weeks away from UMass. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't go to college to play an international competition. Exactly. (laughs) Need Need some time in college here. But. The the reality is these just aren't the interesting guys on the Avs lineup when it comes to the Olympics. They will be there, and yeah. that's kind of the end of it. Uh, where you start getting into more interesting conversations is, uh, let's start with Grubauer, because I think he's almost certainly going to be on the German team. Oh, yeah. But will he be on the German team as an Av is a different question. To be determined. Uh, his contract expires at the end of uh, next season, so we'll have to just see what happens with that. But I think Grubauer should definitely be in line. Um, honestly, I think both goaltenders. Um, Grubauer, I think, is a slam dunk for you have Germany. Grubauer's the starter, yeah. Uh, Pavel Francouz, I think, will be in competition with a, with a handful of guys who are okay. Yeah, the other. We'll see who the hot hand is come come Olympic time. Francois's competition is Peter Mrazek and David Riddich, as far as NHL goaltenders from Czech Republic are concerned. So, yeah, not uh, not like the cream of the crop of NHLers, but like some solid goalies. Yeah, certainly. You know, if you're basing it off of experience, Mrazek has 250 NHL games or something. So, yeah, Francois also done well with the Olympics before. So also true. You know, I that that might give him the one ex, like experience inside track. And certainly people from the Czech Republic will know him from the KHL and, and things as well. So mm-hmm. he probably has a bit more of a track record in that regard too. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, the Czech. I mean, since we're already here, yeah. um, the Czech next Republic. Czech. <laughs> we've we've kind of talked about it. Uh, I thought I thought there was a better chance of it. You thought there was no chance of it. I think we kind of settled on <laughs> somewhere we, in the middle. Yeah. I think we moved closer to each other, where we're like, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> but Martin Cout has work to do. I think it's fair to say that if the if they were taking a thirty man roster, he would be on it. But as one of the 18 who's going to play, he's got some work to do. I would agree. Uh, I, a lot of it is going to come down to next season and what his role is in the NHL and what he can produce. Uh, he's certainly, if there was a Olympic selection camp, he would definitely be at that. Yeah, definitely. Um, this one might just be a case of, he misses this cycle, and then a couple of guys age out. A guy like Krejci um, ages out in the 2026 one, and right, that's exactly. the one he ends up going to. I mean, yeah, there's a very real possibility here that the final spot on the Czech roster might come down to him and his best buddy in Martin Neches, So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think with Neches, it's, uh, it, he's, got, he's got an inside line just because he's a center. Yeah, and if you're going if you're going down the check the the check guys right now, uh, it's like Krejci. Yeah, and a bunch of wins, <laughs> and and like like I I don't even does does Tomas Hurdle actually play center? I always considered him a wing, but I haven't followed his development right. on the Sharks enough to really and know. like so now now we're all we're we're all ready to Roddick Foxa where you're like. Yep. Mm. So I think I think it's all Hey Duke's fault. Hey Duke spawned a bunch of wing players. That's right. <laughs> Had nothing to do with Yarmer Yager. It was all no, on Hey Duke's that fault. That guy's a bum. Okay, it was Hey Duke's fault. Yeah. <laughs> and Patrick Elias. It's it was Bad, all them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I so I think uh, I mean I think those the the wings are stacked, and yep. that's where Netches will have the inside line is. Uh, that they they have a lot of wings that are that are solid, and Cal just hasn't made that mark yet. Uh, this is in 2022, so obviously yeah. we've got, you've got to do some fast forwarding here. If Cal uh, makes the Avs opening night roster next year and has a 40 point season, then he go into the Olympics. But <laughs> he should certainly be in that conversation. Yeah, it's you know like there's there's a you know what does what does a guy like Kubalik do? You know yeah. he was nominated for the Calder today after a thirty goal rookie year. If he's a twelve goal guy next year and Martin Kaut's a fifteen goal guy, then then what the hell do you do there? Yep. You know, like you're you're sort of tough decisions for sure, right? Like that's and that's those are the guys he's going to have to push on that roster. Yep, but the, you're so. looking at guys like Nosek, David Comp. Right, borderline NHL type guys, yeah, yeah, like like quality depth guys from around the league, but just not not those high end guys, like guys guys like Pasternak and and Hurdle, and like those guys are easy. But to be, be honest, thirty percent might even feel a little low. I honestly, I saw it, and I thought it was probably low. I would have yeah. at least got true coin flip at fifty. Yeah, if Yager decides he wants to play, he played. That's right. <laughs> Um, so they have to make one less spot for that, I suppose. But 
so the check conversation is uh, I think there's a lot of optimism around that one. One of the most interesting ones to me though is not Kale McCarr for Canadian defense, but is there a world where Sam Gerrard can push for that lineup? I think no. He thinks no. Yeah. Like okay. I'm it would have to be it would have to be a situation where the team selecting it like Gerard and McCarr have become Colorado's top pairing. Next year they are the they are the shut their number one pairing. Yep. Roll them out together and they dominate games. And it would have to be like when uh Muzzin and Dowdy went together. Yeah. As where unit, basically Muzzin Muzzin was like justifiably like on the list of guys that you could take there, but because he was tied to Dowdy and they were so dominant together in LA. Sure. Yeah, you were like, why even mess with this? Just bring him. That's where I think if he's tied to McCarr, line to getting onto the team. Yeah, I think that was, that's probably it. Because I mean, Team Canada is just going to be as, as it always is, man. Team Canada should be broken up by province, straight up. <laughs> and it's still they'd still probably win, but it's. If Gerard played for basically any other country, I think he'd be close to a lock, except for maybe the U.S. Um. Yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on how how Teams they want to build themselves. Sure. Yeah. Because I mean, if you want to go like the the old guard, still might make that. Like, what do you you you're gonna have Alex Petrangelo, Brent Burns, Chris Letang. Um, Ryan Ellis, Shea we Weber, have Brent Burns, Dowdy, like and this is what I'm too. This is what I'm saying though is yeah. that the old if the old guard if they're if that's if they're still giving them right. that respect. When, when does the torch get passed? I guess yeah, yeah. Because the next wave, there's like a big gap here where the next wave of guys, where you're talking Kale McCarr, Shea Theodore, um, Dougie Hamilton, Thomas Shabbat. Yeah. Uh, then, then maybe a guy like Sam Gerard, Darnell Nurse, Josh Morrissey, Colton Pareko will certainly be there. Um, what do you do with 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 Morgan Riley? You know, does Jacob Chikrin take a step forward? Um, Aaron Ekblad. I don't know if I mentioned him. You know, what do you do with Aaron Ekblad, especially <laughs> yep. as a right shot? You know, you could. They could have a right side. They could decide to have a right side of Petrangelo, Makar, and Dougie Hamilton. Just and forward, baby. Well, and then and then Shea Weber's left, and Drew Doughty are left on the outside looking in. Yep. You know, and then the left side, Chris Letang, Aaron Ekblad, all right shots, the all guys that could be easily, justifiably, like I, those three guys that I just mentioned. You take those three, and you're like, oh my gosh, we're fantastic. On the yeah. right side, defensively, and then. You know, the left side, you take Shea Theodore, you take Thomas Shabbat, and, you know, maybe that's where maybe that's where you talk yourself into, you know, a Josh Morrissey or a Sam Gerrard. But really, like, you're going to take those guys over Colton Pareko just because right shots, left shots? They they have so many right-handed guys in in yeah, Canada I- or just for that roster. They could make an entire 
an entire six-man group of just righties. I also don't trust Team Canada's brass to make coherent decisions at all. So. They do make some really, really bizarre choices uh, with their international with their international stuff. So I I totally get where you're coming from there. Like that's I'm I'm like going through and I'm like, oh, this guy and that guy and this guy could be great and that guy could be. Who knows? Like they. They do some really off the wall stuff there and then, sometimes, and then they'll say, "But Cody CC's a good old Canada boy." So, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, where you're just like, "Yep, <laughs> sure is, Chief." <laughs> so, we'll take our second period break. Here, plenty more Olympic content coming up for you after the break, but. Of course, MSU Denver Online is a great way to get your college education, whether you're a returning student just trying to finish up your degree or a brand new freshman. Either way, they have a program for you with over, over excuse me, 40 different programs, be it online or in the classroom. Once that becomes a thing again, they have something that suits you with over 750. 50 different classes for you to take. We have multiple people here from DNBR going, including Harrison Wind and Ali Monroy, who have said the teachers there are super engaged and extremely responsive, as well as many of them having worked in their industry. So they bring industry knowledge, not just classroom knowledge for you to learn and network alongside. So one of MSU's mantras is learn to lead the change and MSU Denver services is a steward of the community and they believe in value without compromise. So give MSU Denver online a try today and see if they're right for you. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and AJ. All right. So let's go to the big country that isn't actually going to the Olympics, but all of their athletes are going to go anyway in the Olympic athletes of Russia. The abs. Yeah. OAR. Exactly. Uh, The abs have three Russians on the team right now. First of all, Vlad Nemesnikov probably will not be with the abs in 2022. Yeah, uh, of the guys that are going to go on Team Russia, Nemestikov has the best chance and also the best chance to no longer be an Av. Yeah, I would agree on both counts with that one. The other two, you know, I do think there is a very, very good chance that Zadorov goes. Uh, Russia does not have a ton of active defensemen ahead of him. Looking in the NHL right now, you have Orlov, yeah. Kulikov, Provorov, Sergachev, and then Zadorov as far as career points. Uh, with rounding out number six is with Zaitsev. Yeah. So from that regard, Zadorov looks pretty good. The one thing about Team Russia is they love to bring a couple of KHL guys every single year. Yep. And does that maybe push the Dorov off of list? And of um, you can get into the fact that he might not be an app either. But yeah, um, you know, Zadorov, there's a decent chance he's also not an Av. Uh, I think he's going to be kind of like Cout, like he would be right on that line. He might have some work to do because uh, for me, I think the Provorov, Sergachev, and Orlov is is where you start that defense pretty yeah, easily. Yeah, those three are all go for sure. 
And then from there, you're having conversations about, uh, you know, a guy like uh, Labushkin from from Arizona this year was okay. How do you feel about Kulikov? How do you feel about Zaitsev, Zadorov? Uh, Gavrikov had a had a decent year. Like, kind of sorting through a bunch of meh on uh, after the top, the top couple of guys who are, I think, obvious. Man, I would agree. It, it's pick your poison for, for Team Russia on which ones they want to bring, basically. Uh, however, Zadorov is someone who did play for their world team in 2019, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's worlds. It's a lot of players don't go or, or whatever you want to talk right. about. It They're they incomplete can't rosters. Sure, but... At very least, the Russian selection committees are aware of Zadorov and have looked at him in the past. Yeah, um, and I, then, I, uh, I think there's there's a if I had to put odds on, I would say seventy percent chance he goes. That's pretty solid, but you're still talking. There's still two years here, and right. Well, and for for a guy whose career has been plagued by inconsistency, <laughs> I'm just not rolling the. I'm not so comfortable rolling the dice and being like, "Oh, he's totally got to be the guy." And while those two years may hurt Zadorov, that those could be taken advantage of, I suppose I should say, by Val Nichushkin, who, yeah. if they selected today, he's not on Team Russia. Right. I think of Russian forwards this year. He was the 13th highest scoring. Yep. And that's with guys like um, Tarasenko behind him. Because of injury. Yeah. And like, but that's another one where it's like, okay, you're balancing. Are you turning over uh, a new leaf to, to younger generation? Are you giving Kovalchuk another go? Are you giving Anisimov another go? Um, what do you do about a guy like Mikhaev from Toronto who uh, was on his way to a very productive year but got hurt? Um, you know, Nikita Gusev, great, great point producer, but we haven't seen him play defense in two leagues now. Yep. So it's, you know, there there's a lot of conversations. The, the Russians, of course... Very, very, very set at the high end of the forward roster. You know, the Malkin. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Panarin, Kucherov, Malkin, Ovi, Sveshnikov, Kuznetsov, Dadanov, Buchnevich, and Gusev, and Radulov, and Nemesnikov. Like, you just. All right, great. Denis Gurionov had a great year. The thing is, maybe that's the the inefficiency that Nachush can take can take advantage of as a Russian forward that can actually play some defense. Yeah, that's where that's where if he has another year, uh, like the one that he just had, you could easily make an argument that Nemesnikov, Gurionov, and Nachushkin is like your shutdown defensive line. Who all all three, by the way, are very very fast, despite. Two of those guys are huge. Yeah, Gorionov <laughs> and Nichushkin are huge. Uh, and if they can, if if they can maximize uh, the defensive ability and their speed in in the Olympic setting, those three guys could absolutely be a, a handful. So I, I, I Nichushkin's obviously 
on the upswing this year, but we'll see. That's that's another one where it's like, well, you got to do it again. You, there's still work to do here, but okay. not in, not so hard to talk yourself into that guy. So let's talk about two more forwards you might be able to talk yourself into. Look, same caveats are going to apply. This is two years away. Guys can absolutely play themselves in and out of spots. Yeah. But for Sweden, Andre Burakovsky, and for Finland, Jonas Donskoy. So <clears throat> for Berkey, I think there's a good chance of it. Eighth highest scoring Swedish forward this season. Yeah. And. You know, that's like Landis, like he outscored Landis by a point. Right. You know, so there will be some guys where maybe he doesn't score more than them in the in the coming years. And the guys that are ahead of him will probably stay ahead of him. Um, but I think that... I think Berkey's... His... his familiarity playing bottom six with Washington could really come into play here. Yeah. Where having that under his belt, some of that experience and playing that type of game. Right. Because, you know, like if you're trying to build specifically build like a depth line that can also do work for you, you know, you could, you could do um like an Erickson Eck and a Jesper Foster or Jesper Bratt even and Burkowski on the other side, or you could do a guy like Arvidsson. Well, I, it's another one of those teams where, you know, the top end is going <clears throat> to be relatively set with Zabanajad, Pedersen, Nylander, yeah. uh, aging, but still definitely going to go. I would assume in Nicholas Backstrom, yeah. Forsberg, it's after that kind of throw Landeskog, maybe not quite at the same offensive level as them, but close. Yeah. Well, Landeskog and Carlson, um, William Carlson, all, all kind of like in that same conversation. Yeah. And then you have four or five more forward spots to fill with guys like Burakovsky, uh, someone like a Nyquist or a Raquel. Yeah. It looks like there's a good chance Burakovsky can sneak on because after that you have Silverberg. Okay, that's reasonable, and then things fall off pretty heavily with guys like Yarncroke. You start talking about after that, or some much much older players in Soderberg and Hornquist. Yeah, and then you know you also have to consider <clears throat> because this is two years from now. There are, there are two kids, two Swedish kids yeah, going in the, the rat kids. Yeah, <laughs> you know um, <clears throat> what happens, Lucas Raymond. You know, what if yep. he's he'll be in the NHL by then. Alexander Holtz will be in the NHL by then. Those guys are gonna, you know, and shine the shinies are always fun. You always want to get those young guys at least some experiences, like even if they're a 13th forward, the experience of going to the Olympics and getting the next generation kind of prepped for that. Yeah, very true. So um those guys are gonna push. I think Burakovsky's right in that big middle class of really good. I would put him on the same the same level as the Nyquist, Raquel, Silverberg types, Arvidsson, those types of yeah. guys, um, where <clears throat> probably more middle six, bottom six option. But if he continues to if he continues to do his thing, I, I, I mean that's just such a dangerous weapon for any for for Team Sweden to have a, just a casual twenty twenty five goal guy that could be on your fourth line. So, 
feel good about that one, but not great, which brings yeah. us to Jonas Donskoy, who I think has a better chance than Burakovsky, looking at the forward competition he's up against right now. Uh, yes, again, a team that has a lot of the high end in Aho, Line, Teravainen, Barkov, Rantanen, maybe even throw Kapanen in there. But after that, eh, you could you could make an argument for Granlin, depending on if he has a bounce back or not. Yeah, Granlin will be a guy. He needs those two years. Yeah, to 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 show it. Um, Capo Cacao, you're expecting you something. Expect would go. Yeah. Yes, Barry Kotkaniemi is a, another guy where you're talking a big step forward here would really help him. Yeah, but even um, even then, you know, there's still a handful of forward spots left after those guys, and Donskoy is basically right there. And then again, how do you handle the the older generation? Do you want to bring a Philpola? Do you want to bring a Koivu? Yep, that's the question. Um, do you even want to bring a Leo Komarov? You know, like those are probably you could probably replace those guys pretty pretty thoroughly at this point. Um, you know, your what Miko Koivu brings to a lineup, you can get out of Eric Howler or Arteri Lekkinen. Yep. Um. So I think you could probably move on from those guys. The The high end of it is going to be good. You wonder about, again, their kids. You know, Kokaniemi and Kakao are, two, are, are certainly two of the younger players where I'm saying keep an eye on those well, guys. The supposed first overall or or top of, of 21 is, is the, the Raddies. So I see well, Sweden, but obviously they're Finnish. My bad. Well, and... and um, uh, Brad Lambert. Yep. Like there's, there's, there are some really good finished players between uh, now and then that are still 2022 for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like so there's, there's going to be a couple of guys. So, so yeah. And, and you know, at this point that's unpredictable, but, and the Don's will be 29. Yeah. Like still not aging out. Certainly. Right, but uh, you know, needs to. I don't know. I I would have him squarely on the bubble, thinking that what he brings, they could probably get out of a, a younger player if they want, if they wanted to. Um, I I don't have him in their top six. Uh, I I would struggle to put him, given what I think is going to happen with some of the young guys like Kakao and Kokaniemi. Um. You could see you could see some big steps forward from those guys, and then all of a sudden, here fighting for he's fighting for a fourth line job. But again, he is a guy who played in the bottom six for San Jose for a while. Yeah, so, I mean, he's in Colorado's bottom six now. Right, it, it's it's a role he knows how to fill. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, he, I think there's a he's got a I would put him at like sixty percent. Yeah. I, I think I might put him a little higher than that, but certainly not a lock. The only, my only, the only thing, and you know, a, a total guy that could come out of nowhere to take another job is a guy like Puli Yarvi. That's true. You know, I, there. I don't think that will happen, but it could. There are the there are some seriously good young Finnish players out there yep. that could uh, could could take a step forward, and then. All of this just sets up for 2026 when we get to talk about Sampo Ranta going. <laughs> there you go. Why not be confident? Sampo Ranta for 2022. Well, and then <laughs> I guess this is the other guy is uh, 
What do you do about Eustace Ananen for that team? You have to consider it, right? I mean, <clears throat> the you Finnish gotta, goaltending has taken steps back. Yeah, it, you. It would be very, very hard to take Pecorine in twenty twenty two. I would. Well, think. I mean, you look at the some of the top some of the top Finnish goalies in the NHL right now. I mean, you're looking. Tuukka Rask is thirty two. Yep. Nico Koskinen is 31. Pecorine is 37. Anti Ranta is 30 years old, and Anti Ranta can't stay healthy. And like there's, yeah. and then after that, UC Soros and Jornis Corposalo. Totally unproven, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I know Capo Kakinen uh, for the uh, uh, for Minnesota was a bit of a revelation. And like Finnish goaltenders are, the, they've produced a couple of guys consistently over the years. So. I expect this will get replenished, but like you're looking at, at their goalies right now and you're saying, well, Tuka Rask is easily the guy that you would go with, but he'll be 34 by then. We don't, we don't know if he'll be quite the same guy. Yep. You know, you definitely don't think Pecorine will continue to do his thing given that he, or he's already lost this one job to UC Soros. Yeah. And, you know, and it's not like that. Soros took it from him by being average. <laughs> right. Like he, he, "Quote unquote," took it from him as Pecorino just backed away from a 900 save percentage. Yep. So, so um, I think you it in as a guy that uh, outside could could sneak in. You really like him for 26, is what you're really yeah, saying. Yeah, def- <laughs> definitely the 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 threat there. Um. Okay, I like that one. You know, there's a couple of other odds and ends pieces around the abs lineup that maybe have an outside shot at, at making it somewhere. You could talk about JT comfort, probably not going to be making the U S lineup, but yeah. he's maybe not too far off the list. If they were, if they build, if they build like they have in previous years and they're looking specifically for role players, yep, you might be able to have that conversation. But uh, if you started going down the American list of forwards, it's just I, too strong, man. I, yeah. think, I think people would, would find themselves surprised at how good it actually is. It doesn't it doesn't give you the same kind of feels when you're going down Team Canada's list and you're just like, Jesus. Is this are you just reading off a Hall like, of Fame? I mean, the twelfth highest scoring American forward this year was Dylan Larkin, so yeah. with fifty three points for the record. It, right. Like and and there's maybe a guy ahead of him or two, like Blake Wheeler, maybe at 35 is, sure, is but, doesn't go. You know, Brock Nelson uh, maybe doesn't have the same quality of season. Uh, but then you've got guys behind him like Brock Besser and Alex DeBrincat. There's a lot of dudes between Dylan Larkin and JT Comfer. Yeah. Like <laughs> Clayton Keller, Brady Kachuk, Jake Gensel, Kevin Hayes, Jason Zucker, James Van Riemsdyk. Even even an older guy, you know, Phil Kessel, a younger guy like Vincent Trocheck, like there are a lot of guys. Yep. That JT Converse probably not a realistic option. Um, I he's probably like their fortieth option at forward. Yeah, I think for that for that team. That's kind of just the reality there. Defense, you know, there isn't really too much to talk about there because outside of EJ, they're all Canadian. EJ probably not going to make the cut either. Yeah. I mean, EJ didn't make the last cut yeah. and it's not, and his game has not him. 
gotten the right way to make a push. Yeah. yeah. It would be like uh let's see. It would be yeah, I can't even yeah, it's like Zadorov and and Makar. And then maybe if you're if if something the goes, longest of shots for Gerard. Yeah, yeah. Right, for Gerard. And if we're having that conversation with Gerard, then we're not even talking about Ryan Graves. Yeah, I, I so. don't think you can. There's no way. Two years though, you never you never know if Bowen Byram does something crazy and at least like makes that a conversation. If if they go Byram wins the Calder while Makar wins the Norris, and then Byram wins the Norris the next year, maybe you're having that conversation. Right. <laughs> the last guy, I don't I'm, I'll bring it up because I think it's oh boy. But it, I don't really think it's a serious thing, but I don't really think Kadri has much of a chance. No way. No way. It's a just, great player, not it, no longer in the Olympic caliber conversation. Yeah, and and I just think it's just too deep. Yep. Especially at center. That team is going to play a bunch of centers on the wings, and there's still not going to be room for Kadri. Right. Like they could, they could have a top four of centers of point per game players. Yep. Uh, they can put a line of Crosby, McKinnon, and McDavid together. Like they, I was actually talking about this earlier today, and I, I said that they needed to do it at least once, <laughs> just because they could, just to flex on the rest of the world and be like. We can do that. <laughs> All right. So I guess that's pretty much it for the for the episode as promised as the Olympic episode. Uh, we'll do it probably again in about a year's time and, and see how foolish we were to thinking any of these people would still be on the abs. Yeah. And Our- 2026 will be even more exciting because then we'll be having serious conversations about Byram and Newhook as well. Yep. Like, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. But <laughs> that is a long way off. So we'll get there when we get there. But for now, it's about time we wrapped up the show today with our very own Green Mountain Dental Group down in Lakewood, just 15 minutes from downtown. You can get a free Sonicare toothbrush from them when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Hopefully not too many of these guys we mentioned need even more dental work than they've already had in their lives. But Green Mountain Dental Group is the place to go to get it. Who knows? Maybe soon enough they'll be uh, sponsoring an Olympic athlete with uh, as many abs as it looks like could be heading that way. So check them out. Give them a like on Twitter. Tweet at us. You know, all love around here with all of us and our sponsors. We all just trying to get back to, you know, as close to normal as things can be these days, which... Who knows what, what's coming next, but we're out of here for the day. Thank you, everyone, for listening on this later episode. We will be back tomorrow and Friday. Maybe some weird timing, obviously, with the abs schedules and things like that, but we will have guests both days, so be sure to tune in for that, and yeah, I guess we'll talk to you then. <laughs>